There we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. Today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Ark the Storm, who has a new release called Parallels. And right now I'm being joined by Eric, where we can chat about a couple of tracks from Parallels. We can chat about what's been going on during the coronavirus lockdown. We can chat about all kinds of things. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming on, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely great to have you on. Now, something that struck me was both the EP is called Parallels and this track is called Parallels. So, is this a really cool name, or is there a story to the EP, and does this track Parallels then tell us the story? So the entire EP actually tells the story, and I have to credit uh, my co-writer Rob with this entire idea. It wasn't wasn't mine, um, but he generated the concept for a concept album, uh, working through the track listing from Live On, Parallels, The End, Dawning, and then Contest Resolve. And he basically developed a story where uh, somebody's going through a tragic or, or uh, life-changing, life-altering event, uh, and we pick up the story at, at Live On right after that event has happened. And then we move through a transitive period into parallels where you're trying to decide what the next step is. Um, the end is kind of coming to a resolution that maybe whatever you tried wasn't working. And that can be very difficult. So then we come to Dawning where you're trying something new and Contest Resolve where you end up at peace uh, with the entire thing, which is why we end the EP on this galloping uh, sort of breakdown section that just sort of rings out forever. So. Wow, this, this kind of reminds me a little bit, and maybe you've heard this parallel before, the five stages of grief. The puns, again, great, uh, but yes, a, a little bit. So uh, as you pointed out in the intro, you know, quarantine has been difficult for everybody. Um, I have been going, I've had a, a wild year emotionally, um, and I know that Rob has as well a little bit. And we just kind of were trying to, to find an outlet for that and tell a story, I think, ultimately, that would resonate with people during tough times. Um, and, and again, full credit to, to my writing partner, Rob, who came up with the entire idea and fit these pieces together in a way that, that I wouldn't have ever been able to. So it's absolutely fantastic. Let's be one of my questions. Is this just a general sense of a tragic event or is this related to something? And I mean, I guess without getting too terribly personal, that essentially is my question, Eric, is is this based on something that happened either with you or Rob? Not in particular, no. Uh, to be completely transparent with you, neither of us are particularly interested in in uh, telling specific stories because I think we, we both agree that it's more important to leave a lot up to the listener, uh, however they feel about the music and whatever they take out of the lyrics. Uh, we never want to pigeonhole people in, into telling them what something is about because I think listening to music and reading lyrics is a very personal experience and they need to be able to divine some of that for themselves. So we just sort of had an abstract idea about this uh, tragic life-changing event for somebody and moving through the process. Because mm. that part I think is, is universal, right? However, people move through the process in generally the same way, uh, obviously with personal differences in the way that they handle emotional trauma. But in general, I think we all move through it the same way. Yeah. Now, something you had mentioned was that based on or maybe even based on it. it's kind of my uh, question as I'm explaining this, I'm sort of creating the question at the same time. Uh, but you had mentioned that in the last track, we have this, this galloping breakdown to demonstrate that we're ending up at peace. Uh, we just finished watching uh, Kung Fu Panda one in two with the fam bam. And uh, something in number two was about once you come to peace or you're at peace, then you, it's the best Kung Fu you'll ever have. And so I'm immediately reminded of that. Like we're finally at peace and we have this amazing Kung Fu. Um, did you guys write the tracks 
then around the concept or how did you really come to organize say parallels to sound the way that it does and donning to sound the way that it does with regard to the story uh so a real quick synopsis moving through them uh, live on parallels in the end were old tracks that we'd written in about 2010, I believe. Um, we repurposed most of the parts of them to fit our needs now. And, and we tried to take a, a position of, of like, let's just try new stuff and add new things to it. So a lot of our time with those tracks was just shoehorning stuff in there to see how it worked. Um, and our basic mentality was for a lot of the bridge sections to just write something and then layer it until we really enjoyed it. Uh, Dawning was brand new. Um, as we were writing the EP. And that was really fueled by Rob. Um, that one is out of my wheelhouse as far as style is concerned. I wouldn't have stylistically made a lot of those choices alone, but I'm glad that uh, Rob took it upon himself to kind of put back pressure on the both of us to write something that we weren't uh, necessarily 100% comfortable with because I think it turned out really, really well. And then Dawning were some riffs that I'd had laying around for quite some time uh, that we ended up putting together with that middle section that Rob really drove himself. And then in complete transparency, I did take that uh, galloping riff from an old band made of mine, but he did okay it via text message. So, <laughs> And I have a screenshot and we're good to I go. I got it. I'll prove it. I'll <laughs> prove it in court. That's right. It's on my Google Drive and my Dropbox. <laughs> I've, got, I've got that thing backed up. There's no... No, no, nobody's going to fight me on this one. They mm-hmm. might, but they'll lose. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. Now, something that you kind of mentioned was, you know, like a riff came from here and what, and some other ideas came from there. Has this been in, have you guys been working on this for a while then? Or I guess a better question maybe, Eric, is at what point did you guys decide on what would set the scene musically for the EP? So we have, between the two of us, a, a shared love, I guess, for... We describe it as metalcore, but anybody that's involved in the creation of music, it's very difficult for you to identify what genre you're actually writing, right? Because to you, it's so many different things from so many different places. But we have a shared love for a mix of heavy and melodic. And I know that for my desire to create music, I, I know that I want to sing and layer a lot of vocal harmonies and melodic guitar lines with screaming and heavy sections because I find the duality to be something that is very enjoyable. I enjoy it a lot. And I know that Rob does as well. And we also, uh, you know, we do, we do pop rock and, and straight up pop music, uh, in between the things that we do with Ark the Storm in a different group. So we also have that in us. Um, and that kind of fuels some of the, the more like, uh, ranging choruses and, and really like the, the heavily driven melodic sections and some of our electronic pieces that we put into it uh, here and there. So I think it's innately in us, the, the sound. I think that just is what Rob and I create. Um, but, you know, there's influences everywhere, like there always is. Yeah. Something I think that it's, it's interesting you mentioned that when you're working on something, influences are coming from all these different places. And I guess as a musician myself, I've kind of always felt that metal is metal and just different bands sound different because they're a unique combination of souls, so to speak. And uh, you, I've come across people who are like very hard-lined on this genre thing. And it's, it's very interesting because I'll say like, you know, well, that band is most definitely a metalcore band. And I, I actually said it's like, Okay, so then what is metalcore? Maybe I'm a little confused because I just thought that they were just a different metal band. Like, that's all I thought. Right, right. Well, I mean, you look at 
not to go off on too much of a tangent, but you look at bands like Killswitch Engage and Bullet for My Valentine, which I think contemporarily would would really be hardline metalcore, and it's the it's the eighties fueled melodic guitar riffing and then singing and screaming. But then you also look at a band like uh, As I Lay Dying and um, all of their early work, which is also considered metalcore, but on a much heavier scale, um, especially their early stuff where there was very little singing. Um, it's 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 too dynamic, I think, to pigeonhole like that. It's easier in retrospect because we can kind of look back now and say, oh, all these bands were 80s hair metal bands. But then I think even if you were to go listen to a lot of it, it's like, are they? Is that how you identify like a, a record or a song? Or <laughs> You mean when you listen to Slaughter, you don't just think, man, that was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, but that's kind of what I mean. I think, in, uh, I think in 10 more years, it'll be easier for everybody to look back on what's going on musically right now and identify it and start to categorize it. But as it's happening organically, um, you know, I guess with the exception of Periphery, who somehow transcended all of that and were immediately identified as a new genre from their first record. Mm-hmm. Always been on the periphery of that one. Now, because <laughs> something that, you know, I'm on the YouTube page right now uh, for you guys and you know, bringing you metalcore, hard rock, degent. So, I mean, I guess interestingly enough, did you guys then create something and sort of take some space and stand back and say, what is this? Well, it seems kind of metalcore, degenty hard rock or did you kind of try to make something within what i'll call the thesis of those uh genres no it's just how it came out um you know like i said before i I think innately because of our musical tastes and a lot of the bands that we really enjoy um there are those metal and metalcore and there's some thrash sections and we do have some i guess what people would call genty areas and but you know again like the middle of contest resolve is also kind of like a power melody sort of pop synth thing that we've got going on and there's vocal glitches and all sorts of stuff so it just was what it was and i i think that uh organically when you're creating it just you have to kind of follow it right like you need to discover what the song needs and what the song should be um, at least for my creative process. And I know Rob's is the same way. So we just sort of made it and then did, we have a very tough time trying to identify what it is. I'm sure somebody that's listening to this will be like, oh, I know exactly what this is. And they'll hit us up on Twitter and make fun of me for it. But that's totally fine. Do that. <laughs> they will let you know. Oh, I, and they'll tell me twice, I bet, if mm. I ask them. Oh, exactly. And you can go deeper and they'll go as deep. <laughs> <laughs> they'll go deep all the way to the end, my friend. I mean, I'm looking at the comments on YouTube. It looks favorable. People are liking it. Oh, wait, no, I think that was you. I did do that a few times. So <laughs> I, will, I, I will say this, too. Uh, I, Rob and I both have worked in, in uh, Rob works in product development, and I work in digital marketing. So we understand a little, <laughs> a little bit better, I think, than a lot of people about how YouTube's and uh, Twitter's algorithms work. So I, I do tweak it to my, to my needs a lot of the time. Okay. A silly question, if you're cool with it, is absolutely. maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, about my our background and, and utilizing social media? Uh, I mean... Sure. Or, that, I, I was thinking more specifically, like, you know, um, maybe a YouTube strategy that, that you're using. But I mean, or maybe you might touch that on the, the initial question of your, your background and using social media strategy. So... Uh, Rob is is uh, very very good at graphic design, and I'm and I take a lot of that opportunity that he presents me with with flashy graphics and things that are pretty eye catching to manipulate the way that people uh, use these platforms. Right. So, um, if you're on YouTube or you're on Twitter or tying that into Google, if you happen to have a website, 
all those things work in conjunction with each other and, and it, it's up to shifting search behavior and trends in the market, the market being metal or rock listeners or however you want to tag it to make sure that you're trying to capture some of this stuff. And in, in something that's so entirely saturated, all we can really do is blast our pictures and music in front of as many people as humanly possible and start to get this like snowballing effect, a slow roll, if you will, over time on, on getting comments and, and pictures. And that's why if you go on our Twitter, we post all these metal memes just to try to get people to look at whatever it is that we're doing. You know, we post pictures and funny content, but then we also post our music and try to help prom- cross promote any other bands that we come across. Yeah, I agree. I agree, my good man. Beautiful. Okay. Now... Typically, in the summertime, you would be doing things that bands do. Uh, however, maybe that's changed so far this summer. So, if you wouldn't mind, what have you guys been up to with regard to lockdown and quarantine and civil unrest and, goodness gracious, uh, murder hornets? Did you guys get murder hornets? We didn't. Uh, Rob's actually headed in that direction to, to give you a good answer to your question. So, a big quarantine project for the two of us, not only the EP, but we rehabbed uh, Rob's bus that he bought, and he is currently on a, a national tour just exploring the United States. Uh, he started here in our hometown of Detroit, and he went out to the East Coast. He is currently in Tennessee, and he will be venturing to Denver after that, and after that, who knows? Um, he has the ability to work remotely, so he's just kind of been out in the world exploring things um, and trying to, to make the best of a bad situation out of quarantine. Uh, I, because of my uh, inability to sit still, I have been building a outdoor kitchen and bar in my backyard, which has been eating up a lot of my time. And the rest of it, I am uh, trying to get the groundwork laid for our next release. So I've got uh, two songs, guitar, bass, and a little bit of drums out there. And then when Rob gets back, we'll start uh, hammering that out again. Okay. Very cool. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about that I missed or didn't ask about? No, not particularly. Um, I think this has been a, a pretty fun experience, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Well, thank you very much, my good man.